the one on 26 had a person in it, so now I'm just in the lunchroom. Okay. <clears throat> lunchroom? Yeah, there's like a lunchroom, but I actually figured like no one will be in it because it doesn't have a coffee maker. So. And it's not lunch. And it's not lunch. So there's that. And the vending machine's all broken. But if somebody stops by, you should like pull them in for an impromptu interview. <laughs> <laughs> like you're at a conference podcast mm. table. Yeah. So how was your weekend? Um, well, I got back from Argentina on Saturday. Oh, you're back now? Yeah. I saw on Instagram that was not from America, so I figured you were still out there. <laughs> I mean, I haven't had anything like in America to Instagram. It's like, oh, look, I unpacked and did laundry and I went to brunch. <laughs> it was a latergram. It's riveting. <laughs> um, so, but uh, yeah, no, I'm back. Uh, I'd like to work today. Thanks. How, how was Argentina? It was pretty awesome. Um, I took a vacation. Um, so I actually, one of the things is, is I'm think I want to write a, uh, because I'm sure people will be interested in this, like a blog post of like a, like a retro of, you know, workcationing, like spending a month in another country and working at the same time. Um, and I also like, I didn't do it. Like, you know, we stayed in like very nice Airbnbs and stuff like that. Like I was not cheaping out. Um, I mean, not luxury, but like definitely not. Um, I was not like trying to stay in hostels and like camp in a tent or anything like, and it was still, I kept track of everything I spent and it was still uh, very reasonable. I actually spent on the entire trip, including getting there, like the flight to Argentina, which is about a thousand dollars. My entire trip was uh, $2,500. Oh, wow. For a month? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I think that's pretty good, right? So I, one of the things for me with vacation is I've never like budgeted for vacation, which is a terrible idea. And <laughs> everyone should budget when they do vacation. Cause then like that helps you actually go vacation and not, you know, when you get home, like say, Oh my God, vacation is so expensive. Um, as long as you like plan for it. So this time I just kind of, I was like, Oh, I'm just going to monitor what I spend. And, uh, that's what it turned out to be. So a big help was, um, having a buddy. So, like we stayed in decently nice Airbnbs that um, were only about like $35 a night, which means that they're like literally like when we were on vacation, we stayed in a hostel. Like it was like more per person for us to stay in a hostel than to stay in some really nice Airbnbs um, like in the city. But, but it was because we were in a hostel on vacation, but like it was, yeah, it's very different. What city were you in? Um, the city for Airbnb, like that when I'm talking about the apartments, well, just like what closest city were you? I mean, I was in Buenos Aires oh, okay. for a lot of it. Um, and then also Montevideo in Uruguay. I actually really, really liked Montevideo. Most people will tell you who are traveler people will tell you it's boring, but I think it was really, really nice. So Was it difficult to move between countries or was it okay? No, it was okay. I mean, you have to do your research ahead of time. Um, it's that for, and of course, it like I was also traveling with someone from Europe. And so he had marginally different rules than me, but pretty similar considering like Europe and the U.S. have pretty similar immigration rules between the rest of the world. So like when we went to Uruguay, we didn't have to do anything special. So that was fine. Um, Some countries like we didn't go to Brazil and you would like you need a visa to go to Brazil, like the kind that you have to talk to the embassy beforehand and stuff like that. Mm. So that that involves like some pre-planning. Cool. 
I wish my, um, my, when I was younger, I had a lot of freedom as to like where I went and what I did, but I had jobs that required me to be, you know, in a location. And I have jobs that do not require me to be in a location, but I have responsibilities that I need to stay home pretty much. Yeah, but it's funny because you wanted the job where you didn't have to be in a location in order to be able to better take on your responsibilities that you have. At home, yeah, exactly. So So I think that that's like, that's like the, the thing of where having a remote policy is, is pretty much good for everyone. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that is a funny thing because people will say like, oh, I'm so jealous or whatever. And it's like, to me, it seems like, well, don't be jealous. Like, do it or do not. <laughs> but don't be jealous. <laughs> like, you can go to Argentina if you feel like it. <laughs> Um, it's just a trade off of, I mean, I, you know, I left my partner here in the States for a month and he was fine. Um, <laughs> cause he's an adult <laughs> and like, you know, uh, and it worked out. So yeah, we, we would be totally cool bringing, um, our daughter along with any of those kind of things. Um, but my wife's job, she's in the medical field. So yeah, like, she, she, she to needs be, to be on she, site. Like, yeah, her entire <laughs> field is on being in person. Yeah. Um, Although I know, like, you can be, like, a travel nurse. That's, like, a thing. That's true. Um, for nurses and, I'm sure, for other fields. It's one of those things you have to, like, like, once you, like, meet someone, like, you, like, get interested in it, and then you meet someone who does that sort of thing, and then you can totally get into it. But, yeah, I mean, that's also the trade-off of technology is that we never get to justify, like, I feel like I never get to justify work travel because, like, I spend all my time, you know, justifying, like, that I don't have to show up anywhere. And then if I want to be like, oh, well, then you should, you know, pay for me to go, uh, and we're going to be like, no. <laughs> I think I actually had a dream last night where work was going to send me to Miami or L.A. or something. And because I, I've obviously already sick of the cold and I want to go to L.A. Um, but, yeah. Javon, <laughs> what are you doing? <clears throat> Listening. To your awesome trip. I'm looking at speakers. Like speakers for music? Mm-hmm. What, why? For sound. We just got a sound what? bar at home. I came back to a sound bar. Oh, wow. Uh-uh. I don't know. I, was, I went on the website for, my, the, the, for the manufacturer that makes my headphones. And they had a really nice display of speakers. And I was, got distracted. What kind of headphones do you have? Uh, bars and Wilkins. Mm-hmm. So actually, I need some headphones because my my headphones got broke in my bag. I try not to ever take anything on a trip that I'm going to be like super sad that it gets destroyed, and uh, but then you're always surprised when things get destroyed. So, but yeah, my headphones got destroyed in my bag, so I need a new pair of headphones. And I'm not I'm not a headphone snob, so I kind of just had a set of um, over ear headphones because they do that visual indicator of don't talk to me. <laughs> So I need the white ones do that too. The, the what? The default Apple headset, which is why no, because if you're if you have your back to people, they'll like start talking to you, and then you turn around, and then they see that you have earbuds in. So even if you're using the white ones, people still people still talk to me, and I don't want them to talk to me. And then they're then they say, "Oh no, I'm so sorry, I didn't realize." And it's like, "Oh my god, but you're already talking to me. Can you just get over with?" <laughs> um, yeah. The so. wire cutter has a really good list of different kinds of headphones like what's the best to buy in each category so i had never spent a lot of money on headphones until my last pair of over ear and i just i just bought whatever they suggested and i've been really happy with it yeah i mean how did the wire cutter even get started it's like 
I feel was, like it's always the suggestion is like the wire cutter. Yeah, so it came out of um, like I think somebody from Gizmodo or that family of sites. Um, oh, that makes sense because they always like do recommendations. So it makes sense to just have a site that's just recommendations. Yeah, because people people th- those sites used to they they would publish reviews for every product that came out or every product that like mattered, right? But like. People don't care whether one product is good or not good. They care out of a suite of products, which ones should they buy? And I've saved so much time just like, I need this thing for, it, it could be anything. It could be like something for the kitchen. It could be electronics. It could be a car related thing. You just say like, what is the best to buy of this? And it's not the best of like, this is the most expensive and highest quality. It's like, hey, for most people, this is I, the yeah, most I like sensible that. And one And then they to buy. do, and I also like that they, because I, I would looked at it when I was looking for the TV. Um, although in the end, I just went to, um, I had like a price range in my head, and then I went to Best Buy, and I was like, sell me a TV, and then they did. <laughs> um, so good on them. Uh, like you did what I expected you to do. But yeah, I like that they have this list of like, if you want something for like, you know, a hundred dollars, here's what you could get. If you want something for like two hundred or five hundred, like. Yeah, they have Ooh, a huge section yes, for TVs. Now I see this list on budget pick. They have they have best <laughs> TV, just... best five hundred dollar TV, best small TV. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure I looked at it exactly like that. Um, but that's on their other site, right? So they have two: one for home and one for electronics. <laughs> yeah, they have wire cutter and sweet home, and then there's a one that's oh, not. Oh, but TV is electronics. So. Yeah, and then there's one not affiliated with either of them, but inspired by them, called uh, the Nightlight, which is best um, baby gear, but. I haven't, I haven't been super happy with their picks. We, we, bought, we bought their suggested uh, car seat, and I really don't like it. It's really hard to get tight. Maybe it's your car. It actually is, because the strap is external on the bottom, and it rubs against the seat when you pull it, so it's really hard to pull. Whereas other ones have the strap internal, so it doesn't get um, doesn't have friction against the seat. Mm. Cool question. Do you all have Bluetooth headphones? I used to, like before... Before iPhones and Androids were things, um, and I do not know they were a pain, but they might be better now. Wait, wait, wait. what do you mean they're a pain? The ones that I had were like over-ear Bluetooth headphones, and you had to charge them, and the audio quality wasn't like super great. And then you had this oh, like true. you, you had this like light on your head them. when people see you. You don't have to charge <laughs> things with a cord. However, um, speaking of the wire cutter, Beth for Christmas received a pair of uh, Bluetooth workout headphones that she really really loves. Over ear or in ear? Uh, they're Wait, in, I guess they're in ear, but they hook around okay. the ear. Oh, right. Like the back of your head thing? Yeah, um, yeah, it's just a wire around the back of the head, and then around your ear, it like hooks onto your ear. So it doesn't fall Len out. Has, uh, Len had the Parrot Zeeks, which were pretty good. I like those. Interesting. I mean, I've never, I haven't ever had um, Bluetooth headphones, I don't think, and it sounds pleasant. <laughs> they were Bluetooth and uh, sound. And also, this... I'm looking at one and it claims it sounds like you can also take calls on it. Is that normally a thing? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the, the wire cutter article that the headphones she has is the best wireless exercise headphones. <laughs> JLab Epic Bluetooth. Hmm. Actually, we just bought a new washer dryer from uh, Sweet Home Recommendation. <laughs> I went to Home Depot and I looked on the, uh, Sweet Home and they were like, you should get this one. And they had that one in stock and I was like, okay, I'm going to get that one. Did did zero research otherwise. <laughs> what was the uh, what was the pick? Uh, LG something something something. I don't know. It's like it's a nice one, but it doesn't have any like ridiculous features. Like some of them, the washer and the dryer can both steam, 
but ours, I think, just the dryer steams. They're uh, they're front loading. It's actually, electrician upstairs right now doing washer dryer stuff for us. So if I lose internet, it's because he turned off a breaker. The house we we uh, bought last fall, the washer dryers in the kitchen, which is sort of convenient, but sort of really in the way. And it's inside of cabinets, so it actually takes up a lot of cabinet space. Jervon came into the suburbs uh, on Saturday and we had breakfast. Whoa. <laughs> Drove all the way there. Yeah. The whole like 15 minutes. 15? It's like an hour. It is like an hour? Oh, wait. Yeah, I forget that you aren't in New Jersey anymore. Yeah, I'm in in West... New Jersey, it's actually pretty close. <clears throat> it is very close to New Jersey. Now, Westchester, like, there's no. I guess like 76 and 202 is kind of a direct shot, but it's like not really. And, and they're both like really long roads. <laughs> So yeah, it's like 45 minutes, best case, from us to Center City. Cool. Cool. So is there a podcasting software? Is there podcasting software? Besides Zoncaster. I'm sure there's... Power order. Stuff. That works seamlessly. I guess there's always something that's going to happen. I should try to find another alternative to Audacity. I really dislike... It does its job fine, but like the user interface is so poor... <laughs> That I need to, just like basic things that you would expect to work, like on a Mac, like when you scroll using the touchpad, it doesn't scroll mm-hmm. the actual waveform. And you can't zoom. Um, I don't know. It could be a lot easier. I saw some podcasting software for iPad, but I think that's for you to like recording in one location with wired microphones. Did you all see that uh, tool from? Ben Ornstein uh, allows you to record like short podcasts. No, on the like if if you feel motivated or inspired to record one right now, you can log into the site and uh, um, log in. I mean, uh, record something. What's it called? Uh, I'll look it up and get back to you. Okay, <laughs> I like to see that. Yeah, Zencaster I think has the right idea. There used to be a piece of software before, like. I guess like mid late 2000s called TalkShoe and their whole thing was like you actually like have a podcast or have you record like a conversation on a phone like a like a physical phone line and then it would like record it and then upload it for you. Apparently they're still around. TalkShoe, your community is calling. It's called briefs.fm. Briefs. Yeah. A podcast you'll actually publish. All right. Sold. <laughs> Bootstrapped. Exactly. Uh, it's a pretty good idea. I haven't listened to any, but site? well, the idea of like providing a platform for someone to write, publish like a short. Audio I feel recording. like there's there've been a few. I don't know if they've ever been asked though. So that's that might be different. I think uh, Kent Kent Dodds has publishes on that. He publishes on like three minute show. Let me okay. try and find it and drop it. Um. What does JS Air do? Do they just do Hangouts and then like export the audio from YouTube? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's Hangouts on Air, so that it's exactly what it is. So. And then when it, but when it's in like iTunes and other podcast directories, is it just like an MP3 from YouTube? I think so. I don't know. I haven't listened to the audio. Hmm. Hmm. Javon, how's the looks are going? Pretty good. How's the little... I'm a little torn on it, but 
if we're being really honest with each other. Why? Why so? I don't know. It's it's awesome, but it's not closure. <laughs> That's not the only reason. Um, Are you using type specs in Elixir? No, I just learned about it last week, so I want to look at it this week. Dialyzer. Have you used it, or where have you heard of it? I played with it a little things? bit. I played with it a little bit. I've heard of good things. I um, had trouble getting it set up, but this was like a long time ago, so it's probably a lot better. Um, yeah, it seems really great. And a lot of popular libraries seem to already have type spec type annotations so that um, if you call those you know, APIs from your code, they'll be type checked. Interesting. Yeah, my manager uh, and I were talking about it last week. And, uh... I think the Elixir source itself is actually annotated as well what really impressed me last week was alchemist alchemist which is the uh emacs tool for doing elixir things so like running your test or opening up a REPL or um, looking up documentation have you had it installed for a while or no so i installed it when i first started working on this project and oh, i actually okay. had a bug in my tmux or like tmux updated and it caused a bug and I blamed Alchemist, and I uninstalled it. <laughs> and uh, so I use Tmux and Emacs. So sometimes uh, instead of like learning a new tool, it's just easier to open a split window, and you know you have a REPL right there. It's not like a crazy need, but I, I was like, I'm gonna install this again, and it's amazing. Like enclosure in a cider, and I'm not talking bad about cider or anything. Um, but you get these weird JVM errors that just like take over your your Emacs, like shift focus uh, to the arrow pane, and it's like a giant stack trace in the in Alchemist. It's very graceful. Um, you get auto completion in the REPL, and you you get that with Cider too. Um, so this is just Emacs tools in general, I guess. Um, but Alchemist, uh, well designed, reloading code from IEX in, in your Apple is pretty awesome, too, which is a keyboard shortcut. So yeah, it's, it you... seems really great. It's one reason I would consider switching to Emacs if I was writing Elixir. Excuse me. So I found, um, as I went into the hole of looking at Breeze.fm, and I have I dropped the link for the show notes uh, from Kent's, but then I also found that there is a Breeze.fm of the building of Breeze.fm, <laughs> which I'm interested in. Also, I'm kind of curious... I don't know, because I, I was kind of looking for, I guess this about page would be helpful. Oh, they are limited to three minutes. So this is a a Twitter thing. <laughs> um, Twitter podcasts. Yeah, but uh, it's interesting. And they only, their first release was on the 28th of January on the, the show about the thing. I mean, damn. I mean, okay, don't get me wrong. This is cool. But, like, this is totally one of those things where I'm like, damn, why don't I make you some had this goddamn idea. thing on the fucking internet? <laughs> and, like, this is totally, like, themed in bootstrap. Yeah. And, my God, we can do this. Like, it's not, <laughs> it's not fucking complicated. Sorry, I'm going to go into my hole of self-loathing now. I mean, we <laughs> could still do it. I know. I'm going to make a two and a half minute. But write it in Haskell. What? Why? Right in pure scripts. Okay. So you have that that differentiator. 
That's the not same product, but different technology. <laughs> it is faster. There are That's no like, thoughts. have you all heard about Telegram? No. Well, okay, so, so first note, have you all heard about, like, you know WhatsApp, right? I think yeah, I made yeah. Jermon get WhatsApp. Okay. Um, so Telegram is a challenger to WhatsApp. And, like, to me, the biggest argument for for Telegram is that it is uh, it is completely uh, encrypted and you can set messages to self-destruct. Um, so it's generally more secure um, if you believe encryption helps make more things more secure. How does the encryption but, work? If, like, if I'm messaging you, how do we introduce each other and, like, exchange our keys without... I totally want to look into that because, yeah, I don't know. Like, do you have to know your secret? Because that's also a thing that's a problem with encryption is having to remember your secret. Because, um, like, you're still human and you're going to choose something that's dumb. Um, it's like iMessage does that. Like, if you message somebody on iMessage, like, Apple can't read the message. Yeah, but see, you know, not everyone has an iPhone. No, no, of course. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> it, it's, it's interesting, like, how how that all works. Yeah, so, like, Telegram would let you do that with everybody. Right. Um. So it's something to check out. I mean, but it's hard to get people to switch, of course. Like, WhatsApp does, like, the thing you want it to do. Um, and so, like, why would you switch? Um, but, yeah. So in terms of talking about differentiating technology, it's interesting because then one of my friends was saying that he totally wants to switch to Telegram. Oh, Justin uh, found a link for the encryption scheme. Yeah, they have, a, like, a giant explanation pictures about how the encryption works oh yeah i figured they have to you can't say you have encryption and not like put in the flowchart um a lot of math on this page <laughs> link payload okay uh generating a dh key yeah okay that makes sense yeah it looks pretty good um oh but yeah but one thing is that uh so one thing that's annoying about whatsapp is your phone has to be connected to like, it has to be talking to the net in order to use WhatsApp on the web. And oh. Telegram does not have to do that. You can use it on desktop and like, you can have a native app for a desktop, too. Oh. Um, whereas WhatsApp does not. We only have WhatsApp web. And it does something along the lines of WebRTC, but not exactly WebRTC, to talk to your phone uh, instead of talking through the internet. Oh, um, interesting. Telegram for OSX. Yeah. Oh, well, and if you, if you want to get it, I would chat on there so do they have group chat oh for sure i mean it's it's totally like it i mean i don't think that they would argue with it is whatsapp but trying to be better i was just gonna say all our podcast chat could be encrypted yeah it could be super secret um oh and i also love their and their faq because then obviously the faq is like why do you have money and the answer is we got um, paid a lot of money by, like, this person, like, who, you know, shares our vision. Uh, and so we have a flip ton of money to run this service. And if the money runs out, we're going to ask people to donate and add non-essential paid options. So, like, that's pretty nice. I like that answer. And I feel like that seems to be, like, when I hear about, like, things that are, like, doing the good work, that's often their answer. is like, some good person or some person with enough money to care, like, you know, made it happen. Yeah, it says in their effect, but making profits will never be a goal for Telegram. Yeah, I which which I read as suspicious. we're gonna be dead in two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that actually worries me a bit because you know trying to make prof like profits aren't bad, <laughs> like so that is worrisome. I think it's that nerd thing though of that, selling like, yourself short. 
like don't sell out yeah we're never like we're yeah. not gonna charge you yeah but you can totally charge me because it's a good service yeah that breach.fm is five bucks a month that's why that's why i got my rage is it on yes it's five bucks a month it's it's built in like bootstrap and it's five bucks a month <laughs> <laughs> like damn it <laughs> I had some really quick ideas that I wanted to... I, my anger is only because I'm jealous. They obviously did a really good job. <laughs> yeah. I had some quick ideas I wanted to, like, work on and, and ship. There's a whole, like, uh, community on Reddit. Uh, there's, like, Reddit uh, entrepreneurs and Reddit side project. Okay. Um, where people, I, like... I got nauseous when you said Reddit entrepreneurs, and then Reddit side project sounds okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and the entrepreneur stuff is, like, mostly people doing, like uh, like, drop shipping kind of things um so fun fun fact Uh like let's remember that i recently reread this that so entrepreneur is a french word yes Uh so entrepreneur when you actually like go to the derivation of it it means middleman (laughs) like entre like between like like (laughs) someone who is between places so it literally means like the person who makes money by being in between two points that's yeah. like not that there's anything wrong with being the middleman like middlemen make money and like or middle people and middle people make money by providing a service that connects two things. However, like, I'm not impressed. Yeah. <laughs> like, anyone with enough, like, and that's the whole point. Like, anyone with enough, like, chutzpah can, you know, connect two points and, like, ship witty hats via dropshipping. Like, it's not, it doesn't make you brilliant. It doesn't, anyway. but, you know, somebody else is making money doing that, so why not you? For sure. I if, mean, if, that's you're, if you're American interested dream, in, yeah. in that, yeah. Yeah, it's the American dream. Anyway, you were saying. Oh, no. I was just saying, yeah, I, I. Oh, that there's these things and you've been following them. Yeah, and I have I have no shortage of ideas. And Javon, we're talking about this Saturday, is like we are capable, you know, capable of producing things on the Internet, you know. <laughs> uh, oh, for sure. I mean, and that's also like I think that's also almost like a that's part of the problem, too, is like you there's like a, I feel like I get like guilt for like knowing the things I can do and that I don't, which is different than when I was still learning more stuff. Like now I know how to ship software. Like, so it's a different problem. Yeah. Or, or sometimes like maybe, maybe a good comparison is like you're a, uh, like a contractor with all these tools, but you don't ever build anything for yourself. You just build what other people tell you to build. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's kind of, yeah, kind that's of what I feel like. Thing. Well, I, I think for me, I'm still trying to, I think I still, I'm trying to force myself to relax still. I think it's working because, like, I'm starting to get a little twitchy and I want to wait to do something until, like, the twitch gets overwhelming. Um, but, uh, so something that a couple of my friends are doing is, uh, they're doing, and, uh, well, one of them is Gonzalo, who I just spent, uh, weeks frolicking around South America with. Um, so Gonzalo and some other people have been working on this where they, they, you start with a hundred ideas. Like, and that's a problem. Like, that's challenging enough. Like, start with 100 ideas for games, whatever, like, software things. Um, and then you narrow it down to 10. And then for those 10, 10 ideas, you create prototypes of them. So you create 10 different prototypes. And then you narrow down to one. And then you build one thing out. Hmm. How do you narrow down to one? Is it through usage of the prototypes? or? I think it's just, like... I don't know if that part is defined. It'd be interesting okay. to ask them. But I, I think it's just kind of like that you'll know the one you work on after you build the prototypes and you're like, oh, this one's kind of dumb and this one's really cool, like whatever. And the thing too of like software prototypes are pretty much like 
you know, depending on how fidelity, like how high the fidelity you make, like they in a very prototypical stage and then you build out the one. So like one of his, uh, well, I guess I don't want to like out any of his ideas. One is like vague, like to be vague about it, like involves coffee because he really, really loves coffee. And so like, I, he'll like make the prototype of it and either be like, oh, this is great. Or like, oh, this is enough for now. You know, like the prototype is, is good. It's cool. I'll do like a different thing for the full fledged. I would say though, like last night, like I got my last little baby's, uh, ice cream. Did you get any vegan ones? I did. Do you say do you well, have any left? What? Left? I do have one left. I mean, I'm just saying that maybe you can save it. it for a Sunday party. No, I'm actually like trying to be like on like a diet for uh, March, but like in April because it's frozen, so it'll survive until April. Are they closing? No, 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 so, no, no. So yeah, you explain the thing. Jermaine. They do a, a ice cream subscription at the beginning of the year. Oh, supported ice cream. Yeah, so you pay a certain amount of money and then. For the first three months of the year, you get uh, two batches of ice cream on the first Saturday of the month. Hmm. And you get to pick either two dairies, two vegans, or a vegan and a dairy. And I got sunglasses yesterday, some hipster sunglasses, which look pretty good on me. Um, you got some sweet sunglasses? Yeah. They get, I looked in the bag, I was a little surprised. I was like, oh, I got sunglasses. Thank you. <laughs> But little babies, the uh, everyone's first uh, impression is, oh, that's gross. Oh, that uh, is weird. Well, like just because the flavors are weird. Ice cream, but it's wait, actually wait, really wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. 14 cookie ice cream is not 14 gross. cookie. Yeah, that can, like no one would say that's gross. But like some of their things are like, let's see what they got. It's like everything baby. Oh, they have like, yeah, and like cucumber dill. Like, oh, um, You know that coffee shop we went to, Justin? Yeah. They serve little babies. I saw. It's funny that they, on little babies, they say little babies ice cream world headquarters, but there's only two locations. (laughs) Oh man, they have, now I'm on the site, they have an Irish potato seasonal flavor in the non-dairy. Interesting. Like, if you got me some of that, that'd be really cool. (laughs) Since you live up that way. No, but um, because it is tis the season for uh, obnoxious Irish stuff in Philadelphia. Um, so apparently like the drunken buses that drive around the bars have already started. I always so. buy Irish potatoes at the grocery store, the little like white and green box of like 15 or so. So you can you describe what these are? Cause this is not like, this is not a thing outside of Philadelphia. You've they're, never had one? They're coconut balls covered in cinnamon. I don't know what other ingredients. Are yeah. In they're called Irish potatoes. They are not potatoes. They're potato a candy thing. They There's look no like potatoes though. Yeah, so when I say that there's Irish potato ice cream, that's, like, the flavor that it is. It's, like, the flavor of this, like, so this... It it's like a horchata. Oh, shit, that sounds awesome. But, yeah, so their <laughs> ice cream for this says that it's those things chopped up and mixed into a salty potato chip-flavored ice cream. Hmm. Doesn't that sound, like, fucking amazing? Oh my God. Um, but, yeah, I usually get the dry, like, Irish potatoes in the grocery store. But um, there's a bakery near near me that has, like fresh irish potatoes i haven't had like anything other than these store-bought ones for a long time but they'd be kept cold and they must taste like a little bit of a cheesecake flavor inside of them um oh yeah cool. like like cheesecake bites yeah covered in cinnamon i don't like cheesecake i can only eat like maybe one before it's like too much but that's why cheesecake bites exist mm. like or i've made some stuff that's like kind of like cheesecake bites but like where you um take cream cheese and blend it with oreos and then like dip those in chocolate 
I've made those. Those are kind of like cheesecake bites. Jervon, which is better, little babies or little uh, big gay ice cream? Little babies. Really? I've only been to big gay once. Um, I don't, it was good, but I actually had a horchata ice cream at, at big gay ice cream. It was really good. And, big gay and... ice cream is like. And their ice cream is like whipped almost. It's like really airy. It's really good. I feel like big guy ice cream is like a typical ice cream place. Typical? Yeah, like, you know, it's good. But good the quality. ice cream is so much different than what you usually get. But I'm not, comp- it's not like Colston. It's like oh. uh, Big Gay and uh, have you been to that one in, in Berwyn? It's uh, crap. You know, any other like ice cream place with a line. Okay. The little babies <laughs> is different. Wait. Okay. Oh yeah. Something I, about. I like the, the category. That that could be like a rundown of ice cream places with lines, and then review them. Were you gonna say Hope's cookies? Once you said that, that made me think of uh, Franklin Fountain. Ah, Franklin Fountain's good. Yeah. Franklin, Franklin Fountain in the fall, I think, has a a hot brownie milkshake. It's amazing. I was gonna say Handel's. Oh, I haven't been there. Hmm. Something about little babies that's different. It's just like they don't like over serve you ice cream. And it's just enough. It is expensive though, which is a downside. But most good things are. So this always blows my mind. I don't know why. Like every time I do it, is so you can open up some languages on GitHub, but most that we use and read the source. Uh-huh. Like I was just going through Elixir. Just now? Just now. <laughs> just now. Talk to find the type of reading, reading source code. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you should play with that. Let me know how it is because I want to use it too. I've been interested in doing something similar in Ruby. There's a library called Contracts by uh, Egan Shio, I think. Um, and it's essentially the same thing. You define before you define a method, like what the method takes in the terms. And then it will... Um, Essentially, like wraps it in assertions. I guess it's different than um, the type specs because that seems like an actual type system. Where this is just like it puts guards in your code so that it does what you're saying it's doing. Oh right, isn't does did Jessatron work on contracts? Uh, maybe. Or maybe she talked about she it. She gave on the show. a talk about contracts. Yeah, I think she talked about it. Not contracts, the the Ruby library. But Not the Ruby library, but like the concept. The idea, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. So yeah, um, so yeah, in in contracts.ruby or contracts for Ruby, uh, yeah, you define these type annotations, and then um, it just puts like assertions in your code that you run in like development and test, and you could run them in production too, but you probably don't want to do that. But essentially, like as you're running your tests and using your app locally, if it receives an argument that it shouldn't have, it will just blow up. So the so I was wondering because like when as soon as you say like um, type signatures that guaranteed things i was like haskell uh and um so contracts.ruby was inspired by contracts.coffee which was inspired by the contract system found in racket which is um everyone's favorite uh academic lisp programming language programming language (laughs) inspired by contracts.coffee all of the (laughs) it's interesting i've racket's interesting but i just have i have no desire to I don't know. I feel like you learn a Lisp, and then you're like, okay, well, I guess I'll do some stuff in Clojure uh, or Common Lisp. But why Racket? I don't know. Racket has Docker Racket, which is really cool for adults and kids. So isn't so Docker Racket is 
isn't it like an IPython type thing? It's their IDE. Yeah, so like, but oh, I thought Lisp IDEs were all the same. Maybe I need to use Dr. Racket and be super impressed by it. Yeah, I think you would be super. No, it's exactly, it's what they use to teach Racket to like middle schoolers. and. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I saw um, the person talk about it and he, ta- he like showed how to like build a network in Racket and like you were teaching high schoolers how to like, you know, build a network. And I was like, oh, all right, I can, this is cool. I mean, I guess you would not use Clojure because of the JVM. Ah, yeah, that's true. Uh, that's and Racket is good for writing programming languages. But then, but then, why not Common Lisp? Uh, I don't know. I've only looked at that. Okay, I mean, I learned Common Lisp first, so that's why my thing is like, well, well Common Lisp. It has the has the word "common" in it, uh, <laughs> so that's nice. But, all right, uh, I think we should think about picks. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna go through my GitHub stars or something. <laughs> so I, I can I can I can probably go, but uh, I was wondering if we were half of it until you guys were like, "You're recording, right?" What? That doesn't matter. Oh, I was for like the first half or like 15 minutes. I was like, "Are we really recording?" We're always recording. We're I always recording. We the answer is always recording. <laughs> always be recording. Yeah. That's why, I, like, I was gonna ask, and I think I did eventually ask just to make sure. But I, because I assume we are, because the rule is always be recording. Always be recording. My pick is uh, I want to talk about this a little bit, but maybe next time we'll talk about it. Uh, I've been really trying to uh, practice pomodoros in the past week, and hmm. usually, usually I usually I do them. I just like set a timer and I go when I'm trying to concentrate on code or something. But in the last week, I've been trying to. Uh, intently like track what i'm working on which for which pomodoros and making sure i get like a certain amount per week so my goal is like 40 pomodoros a week which if you do the math is like less than 20 hours of work but like i'm still at my computer for you know 40 hours um but just trying to like get eight pomodoros done a day of like coding or whatever else i'm trying to do and it helps me a lot with um getting things done i don't just like Usually, like, I, I just kind of go on GitHub when I'm at work and, like, um, look at issues and, and pop the next thing off my stack and, and work on it. And it's kind of, like, really just kind of ad hoc, like, do this next if I feel like it. Um, but with this system, I've been pretty good about, like, planning my day ahead of time and saying, like, I want to spend at least, you know, one Pomodoro on this, one Pomodoro on this, and the rest on my main coding thing. Um, and I've also been using it for other things, like... Um, like my like the washer dryer stuff like i've had to like do some stuff as far as like ordering things online and like i don't ever really feel like it but if i set aside 25 minutes to just do that and nothing else uh it gets done really quickly and and it's not too bad so um and so i've been trying to like do things inside and outside of work try to like assign a number of pomodoros to them or or at least like at least one or more and and do them each day, and, and I've, I've been really successful with that in the past week. But it's only been a week, so who knows what's going to happen. Um, so I've been using this app called Pomodoro Timer Pro, which syncs between iPhone and Mac and probably other places. And you can say what you're spending Pomodoro on, and it actually syncs the timer to your phone and your computer, so you can you know, start at one place and stop at somewhere else and look at your Pomodoros. Um, and I've also been... I have a Pomodoro list on Wonderlist, which is kind of just like uh, how I plan for things for the day. So I'm like, I'll just add 
tasks that I want to get done in my Pomodoro's list, and then I'll just do the next thing on there whenever I do my next Pomodoro. I've been pretty good about like doing at least eight a day. I did, I think, ten on Friday. Um, so yeah, just in general, my pick is Pomodoro's, but this app I'll post a link to. Um, I have not read the official book about the Pomodoro method, but yeah, just breaking your... There's a book about it? There, there is a, it's like an actual, like, somebody invented it and wrote a book about it, and it's... Oh, I mean, I guess that makes sense, but I feel like that's one of those things where there's so many things like that, like, where, I don't know, I appreciate the work that they did on the book, but I feel like I can just, like, like, you know, like, where the summary of, you know, a lot of diet books is, like, eat more plants. <laughs> like, just, you know, yeah. I don't think Pom- you have to read the book. Pomodoro Technique. Uh, developed by Francesco Cirillo, C-I-R-I-L-L-O, in the late 1980s. Um, and there are six principles and tools and stages. And yeah, I don't, I don't get that crazy with it. But um, yeah, I, yeah, just, I just find in general. <laughs> yeah, you can just use a timer. Yeah. Um, hopefully not like a clicking one. Um, but no, just, just the fact of like using a timer and, and, and being consistent about it, I found that I get a lot more done. And I, there was another video, I'll post a link to this video when I find it, um, but it was somebody's lecture about um, how to study. It's basically an example of like somebody, like a student studying for five hours a night. If they don't take breaks, they only get about a half hour worth of studying in because your brain just kind of trails off after 25, 30 minutes. And so the, and the Pomodoro technique's not related, but it, it's the same exact time frame of, of believing that like when you're doing a task that your productivity really falls off after a certain amount of time around 25, 30 minutes. So if you only work in 25 minute chunks, you get so much more done. Also, you need some, uh, some downtime to sort of, uh, yeah. So your the... brain take it, take in what you're learning. Exactly. Uh, I was looking at these videos on how to learn recently. They're pretty interesting. Yeah, so the Pomodoro Technique is uh, 25 minutes on, 5 minutes off, and then every 4 Pomodoros, so every 2 hours, you take a 15-minute break, um, which I don't actually ever do because, well, I, I guess I do in the afternoon, but like in the morning, it's just called lunch, and I usually take an hour. Um, and then in the afternoon, <laughs> hey, yeah. Like, I mean, although, don't undersell taking lunch because something like 40% of Americans don't take lunch breaks. They eat lunch at their desk. Oh, it's terrible. It's I, a really large number. It might even be over 50%. I'm, I'm actually kind of trying to undersell it. I love lunch. So, I've been really trying really hard the past uh, month or so to, like, actually take lunch from working from home. And I either drive into town and, like, get lunch or get coffee or something. Or I just play video games for about an hour. That yeah, pretty well you know too. what? Yeah. Totally. All right. Uh, I, I have picks now. Um I liked your Pomodoro picks because it inspired me to pick a not software thing. So I did, um, I read a lot while I was traveling. Um, cause that's what you do when you're on like buses and boats and stuff too. Um, uh, and you know, when I sadly found out like the first day there that, uh, I didn't have a VPN so that I could watch Netflix in America, <laughs> um, or watch American TV. So anyway, so I read this book, um, all the light we cannot see and it is, truly amazing and i cannot recommend it enough um it's won a pile of awards uh and it is about uh it's set in world war ii uh and i think it's i mean especially with certain things happening in the election that i'm very worried about um i think reading a world war ii novel is a great you know thing to to get your worry up about it um about the possibility of electing people who want to oppress people in our country um, 
So then my second pick is also is voting. Um, so for many states, the primaries have already happened. Um, but no matter if you are in America and you uh, are registered to vote, if you aren't registered to vote and you might have time, please register to vote. Um, I don't care who you vote for. I care that you vote. Um, so please, please vote. Um, we have a dismal turnout rate for elections in this country. And yeah, so in Philadelphia, we don't have to, you actually have time. If you're in Philadelphia, you can register to vote until the end of March um, or to change your, say you wanted to change the party you're registered with. Um, if you wanted to do that, uh, you can do that before the end of March. Uh, and then you vote in, uh, in May. So those are my picks. There's a bird up in my window. I really want to take, oh, it flew away. Never mind. Oh, it's like the squirrel. Like the squirrel. squirrel. Oh my gosh, we haven't heard from the squirrel in so long. That's because I'm facing the kitchen now. I no longer face outside the window. Squirrel's gone, migrated south. Oh, shit. All right. Well, Jervon, you got a pick? I have three picks. All right, so my first pick would be Alchemist because it is amazing, uh, which is the uh, Emacs Elixir tool for doing Elixir things like running your tests or switching to... Uh, your, the corresponding test file or looking up documentation. Um, it's really good. You should check it out. Uh, my music pick is an artist that uh, is an artist that is blowing up on the Apple Music Beats radio right now. Uh, her name is Georgia Smith, and the song is Blue Lights. And um, uh, last week I watched this Wall Street documentary uh, that has some coding in it. The Big Short. Uh, no, is there programming in the big screen? I still have to watch it. Um, this one is called, uh, hold on, The Wall Street Code. And uh, it's basically about some traders that got tired of the industry and aired out some laundry. And uh, they had some good points. So you should watch it. It's only 15 minutes and it's on YouTube. And those are my picks. Is it Georgia Smith? Yeah, as a J, J O R J A. I'll post links. Also, if you have uh, Apple Music, you should definitely be listening to Beats Radio. Really? I listened when it first came out and I haven't really been. Jervon, you're. So, I, I know we have to wrap up soon, but do you listen to Tidal? I used to. <laughs> okay. Then so Jay Z bought it and it went downhill. He bought what? it? it I was, thought he was like was... an investor in the beginning. No, well, maybe he invested a lot of money, and he's like, he's and a face. Paper. Anything he goes have... into, he's a face. And then, like, yeah. they started selling like boxing tickets and oh. music videos. And I don't, really, I want to listen to music. I don't want to. And they're always down to. It. Oh. oh. I listened to another podcast, and they're talking about uh, Kanye's album being released on title, where it showed up, and it was twenty dollars. And you could buy it without having a title subscription, and you got like MP3 downloads. And then somewhere else in the site, like a coworker of his was saying it was available for ten dollars. And then Kanye took it off of both, saying he was going to fix some songs. And now it's only available for streaming. You can't buy it. What? It's a title exclusive. So weird. Anyway, uh, I'll talk to you all soon. All right. Bye. Bye. See you.